0: Chapter Fifty Three of Varney the Vampire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Carl, Saint Louis, Missouri, October 2008. Varney the Vampire, Volume One by Thomas Prescott Prest, Chapter Fifty Three. THE DEPARTURE OF THE BANNERWORTHS FROM THE HALL, THE NEW ABODE, JACK PRINGLE, PILOT. During that very evening, on which the house of Sir Francis Varney was fired by the mob, another scene, and one of a different character, was enacted at Bannerworth Hall, where the owners of that ancient place were departing from it. It was towards the latter part of the day that flora bannerworth mrs bannerworth and henry bannerworth were preparing themselves to depart from the house of their ancestors the intended proprietor was as we may have already been made acquainted with the old admiral who had taken the place somewhat mysteriously considering the way in which he usually did business the admiral was walking up and down the lawn before the house and looking up at the windows every now and then and turning to jack prinkle he said jack your dog ay aye, sir mind you convey these women to the right port do you hear and no mistaking the bearings do you hear ay aye, sir these crafts want care and you are pilot commander and all so mind and keep your weather eye open Aye, aye, sir. I knows the craft well enough, and I knows the roads, too. There'll be no end of foundering against the breakers to find where they lie. No, no, Jack, you needn't do that. But mind your bearings, Jack, mind your bearings. Never fear. I know him well enough. My eyes ain't laid up in ordinary yet. Eh? What do you mean by that, your dog, eh? Nothing. Only I can see without helps to read, or glasses either, so I know one place from another." There was now some one moving within, and the admiral, followed by Jack Pringle, entered the hall. Henry Bannerworth was there. They were all ready to go when the coach came for them, which the admiral had ordered for them. "'Jack, you lubber, where are you?' Ay, aye, sir, here I am.' go and station yourself in some place where you can keep a good look-out for the coach and come and report when you see it ay ay sir said jack and away he went from the room and stationed himself up in one of the trees that commanded a good view of the main road for some distance admiral bell said henry here we are thrusting implicitly to you and in doing so i am sure i am doing right you will see that said the admiral "'All's fair and honest as yet, and what is to come will speak for itself.' "'I hope you won't suffer from any of these nocturnal visits,' said Henry. "'I don't much care about them. "'But old Admiral Bell doesn't strike his colours to an enemy, however ugly he may look. "'No, no, it must be a better craft than his own that'll take him, "'and one who won't run away, but that will grapple yard-arm and yard-arm, you know?' "'Why, admiral, you must have seen many dangers in your time, and be used to all kinds of disturbances and conflicts. You have had a life of experience.' "'Yes, and experiences come pretty thick sometimes, I can tell you, when it comes to the shape of the Frenchman's broadsides.' "'I dare say, then, it must be rather awkward.' "'Death by the law,' said the admiral.' to stop one of them with your head i assure you i dare not make the attempt myself though i have often seen it done i dare say but here are flora and my mother as he spoke flora and her mother entered the apartment well admiral we are all ready and though i may feel somewhat sorry at leaving the old hall yet it arises from attachment to the place and not any disinclination to be beyond the reach of these dreadful alarms and i too shall be at no means sorry said flora i am sure it is some gratification to know we leave a friend here rather than some others who would have had the place if they could have got it by any means ah that's true enough miss flora said the admiral but we'll run the enemy down yet depend upon it "'But once away you will be free from these terrors, "'and now, as you have promised, "'do not let yourself be seen anywhere at all.' "'You have our promises, Admiral, "'and they shall be religiously kept, I can assure you.' "'Boat ahoy! Ahoy!' shouted Jack. "'What boat?' said the Admiral, surprised, "'and then he muttered, "'Confound you for a lubber! "'Didn't I tell you to mind your bearings, you dogfish, you?' "'Aye, aye, sir, and so I did.' "'You did?' "'Yes, here they are, squint over the larboard bulkheads, as they call walls, and then atween them two trees on the starboard side of the course, then straight ahead for a few hundred fathoms, when you come to a funnel as is smoking like the crater of Mount Vesuvius, and then in a line with that on the top of the hill, comes our boat.' "'Well,' said the Admiral, "'that'll do. "'Now go open the gates, and keep a bright look-out, "'and if you see anybody near your watch, why, douse their glim.' "'Aye, aye, sir,' said Jack, and he disappeared. "'Rather a lucid description,' said Henry, "'as he thought of Jack's report to the Admiral. "'Oh, it's a seaman's report. I know what he means. "'It's quicker and plainer than the land-lingo to my ears, "'and Jack can't talk any other, you see.' By this time the coach had come into the yard, and the whole party descended into the courtyard, where they came to take leave of the old place. "'Farewell, Admiral.' "'Good-bye,' said the Admiral. "'I hope the place you are going to will be as such as will please you. I hope it will.' "'I am sure we shall endeavour to be pleased with it, and I am pretty sure we shall.' "'Good-bye.' "'Farewell, Admiral Bell,' said Henry.' "'You remember your promises.' "'I do. "'Good-bye, Mr. Chillingworth.' "'Good-bye,' said Mr. Chillingworth, "'who came up to bid them farewell. "'A pleasant journey, "'and may you all be the happier for it.' "'You do not come with us?' "'No. "'I have some business.' "'Good-bye.' "'Good-bye,' said Mr. Chillingworth, "'who came up to bid them farewell. "'A pleasant journey, "'and may you all be the happier for it.' "'You do not come with us?' no i have some business of importance to see to else i should have the greatest pleasure in doing so but good we shall not be long apart i dare say i hope not said henry the door of the carriage was shut by the admiral who looked around saying jack jack pringle where are you you dog here am i said jack where have you been to only been for pigtail said jack "'I forgot it, and I couldn't set sail without it.' "'You, dog, you, didn't I tell you to mind your bearings?' "'So I will,' said Jack. "'Fore and aft, fore and aft, Admiral.' "'You had better,' said the Admiral, who, however, relaxed into a broad grin, which he concealed from Jack Pringle. Jack mounted the coach-box, and away it went, just as it was getting dark. The old Admiral had locked up all the rooms in the presence of Henry Bannerworth. And when the coach had gone out of sight, Mr. Chillingworth came back to the hall, where he had joined the admiral. "'Well,' he said, "'they are gone, Admiral Bell, and we are alone. We have a clear stage and no favour. The two things of all others I most desire. Now, they will be strangers where they are going to, and that will be something gained.' I will endeavour to do something. If I can get yard arm and yard arm with these pirates, I'll make 'em feel the weights of true metal. I'll board 'em d De- I'll do everything. Everything that can be done. Ay, aye. The coach in which the family of the Bannerworths were carried away, continued its course without any let or hindrance, and they met no one on their road during the whole drive the fact was nearly everybody was at the conflagration at sir francis varney's house flora knew not which way they were going and after a time all trace of the road was lost darkness set in and they all sat in silence in the coach at length after some time had been spent thus flora bannerworth turned to jack pringle and said are we near or have we much farther to go not very much ma'am said jack All's right, however. Ship in the direct course, and no breakers ahead. No lookout necessary. However, there's a landlubber aloft to keep a lookout. As this was not very intelligible, and Jack seemed to have his own reasons for silence, they asked him no further questions. But in about three-quarters of an hour, during which time the coach had been driving through the trees, they came to a standstill by a sudden pull of the check-string from Jack, who said, Yellow take in sails and drop anchor is this the place yes here we are said jack we're in port now at all events and he began to sing the trials and the dangers of the voyage is past when the coach door opened and they all got out and looked about them where they were up the garden if you please ma'am as quick as you can the night air is very cold flora and her mother and brother took the hint which was meant by Jack to mean that they were not to be seen outside. They at once entered a pretty garden, and then they came to a very neat and picturesque cottage. They had no time to look up at it, as the door was immediately opened by an elderly female, who was intended to wait upon them. Soon after, Jack Pringle and the coachman entered the passage with the small amount of luggage which they had brought with them. This was deposited into the passage, and then Jack went out again and after a few minutes there was a sound of wheels which intimated that the coach had driven off jack however returned in a few minutes afterwards having secured the wicker gate at the end of the garden and then entered the house shutting the door carefully after him flora and her mother looked over the apartments in which they were shown with some surprise it was in everything such as they could wish indeed though it could not be termed handsomely or extravagantly furnished or that the things were new yet there was all that convenience and comfort could require in some little of the luxuries well said flora this is very thoughtful of the general the place will really be charming and the garden too delightful "'Must not be made of just now,' said Jack. "'If you please, ma'am, them's the orders at present.' "'Very well,' said Flora, smiling. "'I suppose, Mr. Pringle, we must obey them.' "'Jack Pringle, if you please,' said Jack. "'My command's only temporary. I ain't got a commission.' End of chapter fifty-three